This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,521, recorded May 5th, 2000. Continuing to read what I started last time, for those of you with a good memory, I'm not going to start where I told you it would. I inserted a new page. I wrote some more. So, in case you think you're freaking out. <laughs> By the way, if you ever think you're freaking out, yeah. get out. <laughs> You might actually be a mystic. <laughs> I'll put it to you another way. That's rather crude. Matt, I'll tell you this from the bottom of my heart. Don't freak out. I won't accomplish anything. <clears throat> Question. What is it that all men live by, yet they don't know what it is? Answer. Their self. Everyone lives as directed by their self, but when asked what it is, no one can say. It is through the medium of the self that each person's actions, reactions, thoughts, and feelings are determined. But if you undertake to find and identify it, you come up with a handful of smoke and reflections. Even an enlightened man cannot locate his self. Isn't this suggestive of something normally never considered? Don't send Cinderella in search of Santa Claus. Everyone knows the truth about life. The only time they momentarily don't is whenever they're thinking or talking about it. And now, here is the mystic's migraine. Once you realize what being awake and being asleep is, the only way you can tolerate not being awake is to be deep asleep. Deep. Try an unexpected peek at the matter. What is being asleep other than your thoughts being so totally immersed in themselves that there is not even the momentary impression of a you that is having them? They are clearly having themselves, same as they always do. It's only when you suddenly think about being awake or being asleep that there is suddenly a sensation in your thoughts of there being a you separate from the thoughts that is either having them or at least observing them. What can possibly be enlightenment other than your permanent recognition of the simple obvious fact that thoughts are nothing but thoughts, no matter what they may think about, such as enlightenment. Now rest my case. I quit. I'm going to drive to Montgomery. I can't believe that I sit here and tell you this stuff. You know, as I brought up Wednesday, that I received another letter that I just ran through about People concerned, give me the history of who all they'd studied with and how long they'd meditated and et cetera, and they still weren't awake, and that they were afraid that their, whoever their hero was, their guru or whoever would die and pull that old stunt about on his deathbed of going, oh, what terrible shape, and I didn't do right by you people. You know, one thing I didn't point out once I brought that up, you can't ever say that about me. I've told you people every goddamn thing there is to know about this. And then backed up and started, you know, going back over it sideways and in reverse. 
if I died, you know, don't waste your time of anybody going, well, I guess he meant well, but hell, he didn't wake me up. <laughs> hell, I told you I couldn't wake you up. Don't look at me. They can come by and look at me and say, you know, don't he look nice <laughs> with a suit and tie on? <laughs> but figuratively speaking, don't look to me. What can be enlightenment other than your permanent recognition of the simple and obvious fact that thoughts are nothing but thoughts no matter what it is they may be thinking about? There it is. I worry much about my non-awake condition. Well, that's one thought. Oh, no, no, that's a great concern. Yes, I know it is. (laughs) It's a thought. All right, I'll accept that, but it's a very serious thought. Well, it's no more serious than saying, on Sunday mornings when I'm alone, I dress up like Daffy Duck. (laughs) They're both thoughts. Yes, but one of them is more serious than the other. Who says so? Then here's where you got to watch it. You go, well, I do. No, no, no. The thoughts do. But they say they're serious in that same Mechanism says, yes, but sometimes I wish I was Daffy Duck. I get serious. Okay. I'm just being silly because I would really prefer to be wide awake and permanently enlightened. But I'm the Daffy Duck. Well, that too. Nobody gets it. You understand I was doing a dialogue again just because I didn't try to change my voice. A stomach is right now. Lungs are this very instant. And neurons are this exact moment. That is, except for those neurons involved in the production of thoughts. At least that's what the nature of their product would indicate. An eyeball that can look at itself is enlightened. And a foot that can jump higher than itself is awake. And thoughts are liberated when they realize that there is nothing that they can think about themselves without instantly turning into the thoughts and just as instantly forgetting that they have just done so. <laughs> For you people on tape are all taking time to think about this. Hmm. You can almost, I bet you talk about really at your leisure. In greater depth, you could probably find some merit in it. And many people here nodded like, I think so. (laughs) Thoughts are the only thing that can't look at themselves without turning into what they're looking at while totally unaware of what just happened. There it is again. And when I'm dead, don't bother to spit and kick on me and holler, why don't you tell us the real secret? But notice, your thoughts go, no, that's not it. It wasn't doing good for me. Say, yeah, it is. No, it's not. Okay, well, can you take that and see what's going on? That is, your thoughts already say, I could ask you, I say, so that means you know what the secret is. Well, no, I don't really know, but that can't be it. Would you listen? That can't be it. Compared to what? Realizing for yourself on anything even approaching a steadfast basis what being awake and being asleep is actually all about is both the most complex thing 
a human mind can ever accomplish, and also the height of absurd simplicity. Well, once you have accomplished it, of course. It's all right to think, I don't like the view from here. As long as you eventually realize that, here is you, and the view is your eye. I don't like the view from here. The difference between a regular mystic and a real mystic is that a regular mystic is satisfied by experiencing awakening, while a real mystic is never completely satisfied. There is only one profitable way to think about this activity that is not metaphorical, and sticking to only that one will most definitely clear your head, calm the voice, and reveal the secret. Only he tells the truth about life who never speaks about life. Or only he tells the truth about the secret. For the few, indeed, knowing the truth will set you free. But there is no guarantee that being free equals being satisfied. When ordinary people are dissatisfied, they feel it is because their life is out of their control, at least at the moment. When those when those seeking the truth are dissatisfied, they believe it is because their mind is out of their control. But as the seeker approaches the secret, he begins to realize that his mind is not out of control. The fact is that his mind says that it is not under his control, having verbally changed itself from itself into a sensation of his self. A man's thoughts and feelings are always under control, under their own control or under life's control, if you prefer. And if you don't care for either of them, then under something's control. A man who experiences the reality of this discovers for himself that even though knowing the truth will set you free, it still does not guarantee a state of permanent satisfaction. But it does give him a permanent and secret understanding as to the nature of satisfaction. To a man armed with such understanding, there is a distinction between being satisfied and being content, a form, I might say, of enlightened indifference. His private understanding of life is now such that he is content even with being dissatisfied. The nature of the mind is not the nature of the stomach, and that realization alone will result in an astonishing unshackling of your mind. In the beginning, it is only proper that you think, think, think about the matter of being asleep and of waking up. But the time comes when you should think only on the matter of your thinking about the matter of being asleep or awake. It is all just a trick to get thoughts to realize what they're involved with. When they get involved, it's just a trick to get thoughts to realize what they're involved in when they get involved in trying to realize what they're involved in. I'm going to have to come to everybody's house with a yellow pad and a crayon. Of course, I'm being silly. I'm trying to get you people to do better. Because I look back now, I should have done that to me many, many decades ago. I was still considering. Well, first let me say, about this last paper, that's where I was leading up to. When you start out, 
the only thing you can do is think, 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 think about whatever verbal intro you found into this kind of activity, such as man's asleep and through certain efforts can awaken, blah, blah. Let's say that's when you found and put you on or put you into this kind of activity. In the beginning, the the proper approach, the minimal proper approach, is to think, 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 think about it. And you've got to watch it. Or I say you do, because I've already given you my view, but I'll remind you and I'll give you my experience. Back to the difference that everything that goes on in a man's life can either be seen to be in the category of movement, some sort of physical action, or words, thoughts. The struggle to awaken, the desire for enlightenment, the hunger for the great liberation, whatever it is, is in the world of thoughts. And I'm telling you from my view, as you know, there is no movement, there is no action that can be taken that has any real bearing on this. This in spite of the fact, as we all know, that right now, if I could in some way get a show of hands on this planet of who considers themselves involved with the struggle for enlightenment to awaken, and X number of people raise their hand on this planet right now, then I'm telling you that way over 99% of them, assuming that, you know, if I ask them, are you sincerely, seriously, are you actively on a constant basis involved with this? Those who raise their hand, over 99% of them would be involved with some kind of physical discipline. That is, they would completely reject what I've just said, that there's nothing that you can do. There's no action. There's no movement. It is all in the world of thought. That's the only place this exists. And there is nothing outside that world that you can do that has a direct bearing. But 99% plus of the people throughout history, as you should know, even if you didn't know the figure, become involved in the pursuit of some discipline, such as meditation, chanting, prayer, but of actually doing something. And usually there's also other many other things, I won't list them all, but you know, it's very common as they change their diet. They're involved with some sort of ritual, be it simple or fairly complex, of lighting candles, uh, chanting the name of some dead supposed enlightened master, all sorts of physical activity. It's understandable. It certainly does no one any harm. And if I wanted to discuss it to the point of absolute meaningless. I could say that certain of them, such as meditation, such as going off by yourself, going up a monastery, or going out, or anything such as that, I can't say that you have not set up more conducive, or put yourself in a more conducive circumstance to pursue this. But you can also do it by yourself at home. I am telling you from my view, that all of you know that's been around here, and from my experience, there is nothing you can do that has a direct bearing. 
You cannot meditate yourself into knowing what this is. You can't chant yourself. You can't pray yourself. You can't do anything with your diet. You can't do anything with exercise. There is no physical movement you can do that has a direct bearing on this. You either finally get it or you don't. And when you get it, it is right there in the cortical area of your brain inside your head. You get it. And you can get it while laying on your back on the couch. There is no activity, no physical motion, no behavior in which you can engage. You can't go do charity. There's nothing you can do that has a direct bearing on this. What also strikes me, to go back to my archetypical Adam, and when I say I find this interesting, or I have found this interesting, I mean, as you should know by now, that I received useful benefits from thinking about such as this. Is trying to picture, I'm just going to use ordinary words, picture and think about, because it's trying to fancy antsy it up. But try and picture, try to consider, try to think about there had to be a first man who did this. What caused him to do it? He had no precedent. He had no map for it. No paradigm for it. But he was obviously dissatisfied. But hell, everybody on the planet is dissatisfied. And the way I used to describe it, which I'll still stand by, the state of dissatisfaction is caused by the fact that the mind, the part of the brain involved with thinking, does not have appetites that are satiable in the way that the stomach does, that the sex drive does, that the weariness of the body or conversely desire of the body or exercise and movement. The mind does not have that, as I used to draw it out. It is an unfinished piece of business. There is nothing that will completely satisfy the mind. So everyone on this planet is dissatisfied. There's no doubt about that. They may be satisfied physically at any given moment, but they are never satisfied in the mind. So what distinguishes people like us from everyone else? We're back to my imaginary archetypical progenitor of Adam. Let's say this first guy who did this. However he did it, stumbled around sometime before he died, he, as mystics want to say, woke up. I'd prefer to say he realized what's going on. He surely, based upon my experience and my knowledge of everything else gone before this, that he had certainly had the experiences that those who came after him called waking up. But we'll assume that he finally realized what was going on, which is another story. I then ponder and thought about how would he go, how would he try to describe it? He goes around 
to some of the people he knew. Maybe put an ad in the local paper. At any rate, how did he describe it to people? What did he say at all? And when I say I find this useful, I, I find it useful. Of course, you're supposed to do all this to yourself. I keep trying to trick you or badger you into doing it. Because I'm saying that's what, if you're ever going to get, if you're ever going to catch on as, as well as you can, you've got to go past the point of the experiences. What if he had just called it? Well, he wouldn't have called it anything. But what if he just asked people, are you dissatisfied? And they went, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> That's the method. That's the way. And of course, they'd do like most people. They would wait for a response. And he'd look at them. He'd go, are you dissatisfied? And they'd go, yeah. And he'd look at them. They're waiting on him, and he's waiting on them to catch on. Back to where I started my comment. Everyone, if they're doing anything that is minimally proper, is you think, think, think. Again, I know that everyone and all the mystics in the world right now, if I said that, all of the 99 plus percent would go, nah, nah, nah. You know, thinking about it won't do it. <clears throat> accidentally telling the truth themselves, but they'd go, no, I don't just think about it. And they would come up with other words for it. I understand that. If someone had said that to me when I started, I would have had a similar response. I would have gone, no, thinking, that's not it. And so you range off, pursue some method, you try and develop your own, and you never realize, most people never realize, that this is all going on in the world of thought. That there is no enlightenment outside of your thinking. There is no state of sleep outside of what's going on in your thought. There is no help to shake you out of your thoughts other than in your thought. There is nowhere to go. Your thoughts are not going anywhere. They're stuck in your head. They're stuck in your brain. It's not going anywhere. I say, my best description, that you've got to eventually, and I never do like saying this, I'm never satisfied, but so what? You've got to turn your thinking, or your attention, your investigation, but it's your thinking. You've got to turn your thoughts on the nature of you thinking about wanting to be awake or asleep or enlightened. I tried to hide it, or I did hide it, metaphorically, in the first few papers I read. What is the thing that a parent guides, directs, controls each man's life? And yet, no one knows what it is. And it's their self. And I would assume that most people, most of you people, if you give it any consideration, it is a flipping back and forth of, yeah, you're right, and, and no, you're not right. But it's the same thing that I'm proposing to you, suggesting to you, is if you look, you do not know what yourself is. 
you simply do not know. You can think about it. And you can certainly look at your body. You can even go and look at it in a mirror and go, that's me. And that's not yourself. You don't know what yourself is. Nobody knows what their self is. And yet, small group of people like us, we attempt to radically change the nature of our self. And nobody knows what their self is. You cannot turn. Well, if you can, then you'll be on my help. You can, if you can turn and say, oh, I, I really know what myself is. When you say the word self, I know what you mean and I, I really know what it is. You'll be on help. You do not know. Nobody knows. And I don't mean you just have a twisted idea. You don't know. And if you realize that, you're awake. Why? I'll give it to you another way. It's all just a matter of trick. Two card Monty. That made it easier. I threw away one of the cards, the one that always trips everybody up. I'm giving you a choice of just two. And you still don't get it. When I say you, I mean the mind. Tell your thoughts. Tell your own. All right, look, right now I think it's me talking to you about my mind and my thoughts. Except I can almost get it. Maybe you've already glimpsed it. And so you're telling yourself, I know I'm not talking to you. It's you talking to you. And now you're calling yourself me. And you're, and you're talking as though, you know, what are you doing to me? You're driving me crazy. Which, you know, sounds feasible until you think, wait a minute. It's thoughts still talking to themselves. Now they're saying to themselves, you're driving me crazy. And nobody wonders. Nobody finds it curious. No, I'm too busy trying to wake up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so close. I know. I was going to reshuffle the cards, call it something else. Is 99 plus percent of the people who ever tried to do this, never. I know this, you can trust me, based upon my past record. You can trust me that 99% plus, plus percent, have never looked at the question in themselves as to what is it that I think that I'm doing? What is it that I think that I want? Because everybody else, they go, well, I want to awaken. What do you ask me that for? Why the hell do you think I gave up my business, moved into this monastery, and I've chased seven or eight mystical teachers around the world in the last 20 years, and you ask me what I want? I want to awaken. And they're satisfied. Everybody's satisfied. I was satisfied for a long time. My own terms, my own picture of it. And people never look. You go, what is this? What's going on? I'm having to put words on it, which they're crude, but I don't know what better way to put it. But as you turn and you're, it's just you by yourself trying to ask yourself, what is this? What is it? What am I doing? But what is this? 
To me, that covers it. I assume you get it. My use of the words, but is what is this? Here I am walking around all the time, and whatever else you're doing, but I'm walking around all the time, and every, like every other second, I'm thinking about being awake or being asleep. I'm thinking about this. I went through decades of doing it. Why am, why am I not making a greater progress? And never actually just turn and look head on. And it's very hard to do, by the way, because it's, it's simply a trick of the same thing that I was discussing with thoughts, thinking that they can do something other than be thought, thinking that what they think about, that the subject matter has some bearing, and it has no bearing, thoughts or thoughts or thoughts. Whether they're thinking about kumquats or thinking about Buddha. It's all the same thing. And thoughts go, ho shows how much you know. Yeah. Guess they got me. It is difficult to just turn on yourself and go, what is this? But I'm saying, as far as I'm concerned, that's the, if there's a step past this, I don't know what it is. I look forward to it. But the whole idea of being awakened, awake or enlightened, uh, there's something past that, that, past the experience. And I don't know any way to get it other than you have to look. It's been described. I can see what I give them credit. Even thousands of years ago, some of these writers were saying that you're, you don't really have a developed or you don't have a truly enlightened mind until you know the nature of the mind. That is just because you're enlightened by whatever standard they were using in some monastery or some epoch in history or some group of people. Uh, somebody would write or some so-called teacher at the time would headed toward, directed toward these followers or interested people. He'd say, just because you are awakened, as per our definition, just because you are, he, I'm not even arguing it, just because you have an awakened mind, you're not truly awakened until you understand the nature of the mind. That's the most common. Not all that, I don't mean it's not all that frequent, but that is the most common description when it does show up. But I could put it to you another way. It's the same thing. I could say that you do not actually have enlightened minds, even if you are have one. You don't have a truly enlightened mind or an ultimately enlightened mind until you understand the nature of enlightenment. But then the mind wants to go, well, I don't need to understand it. I am enlightened. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Many people seem greatly intrigued, and I understand it. The attraction used to be more commonly used that the aim of all this kind of effort of enlightenment, liberation, etc., was that would reveal to you the secret of life. And, of course, that spawned in its crudest forms, alchemy, ideas of magic, all kinds of activity based upon movement, on behavior, and in some way that behavior, based upon you knowing the secret that your behavior could then affect the behavior, the physical status of that which is not you, that is, the environment. But anyway, it goes off into, I'm sure you all know, into very quirky, useless, cuckoo. Not useless areas. And that's, of course, it's only on people who do not know the secret. But they always claim that they do, which, of course, gives them the excuse 
to dress up in funny clothes and you know, wave sticks on fire and burn incense and stand on their head, make other people stand on their head, you know, and chant funny things and howl at the moon. They say, well, I know the secret and you people don't, so you're just going to have to do what I tell you. I'm never taking a questionnaire with you people, but uh I remember years ago when my inclinations ran along that line, and I found out it would be of greater interest to me, or more entertaining than being awake or being enlightened, was to know the secret of life. Not a even question of term, to know the secret of life. Sure, that's it. Why else would you go to all this trouble? What would, what would possibly be a real payoff of being enlightened, whatever that is, I would think, unless it gave you the secret of life? And then, like my little thoughts would just kind of jump out to the periphery and just almost think about, well, maybe, no, no I don't even want to think about it. But it would always be so exotic. Knowing the secret of life. That is what is past the experiences. Those anomalistic experiences in the cortex of being awake or being enlightened. Being conscious without the support of thought, without the necessary support of thought. I'm. Beyond that is knowing a secret. But you notice I never use the term, even when I use it at all, I don't say the secret of life. The secret, it takes you beyond, I'm either awake or I'm asleep. I'm always dissatisfied, plus beating up on myself. Which are two different things. The secret is knowing what this is. Or I'm not going to go down this road far because it begins to just sound self-consuming. But the real secret is to know that is, let's say that you got caught up in the idea of, I want to know the secret. Cap, quotation marks, the secret. Is there, is there the secret? And if I said, yeah, you go, that's what I want. I want to know the secret. Uh, the secret is knowing the nature of why you want to know the secret. Sounds like a cheap stiff arm to somebody. That's the way I would have taken it years ago. If somebody told me that, I thought, yeah, get out of here. And you're just trying to run me in circles. Knowing the secret, as we all know, it's normally said that knowing the truth will set you free. All right. Truth, the secret, it will set you free. But there is no secret or there's no truth outside of that word. And you have got to, that's what I'm just telling to you another way. You have, if you're ever going to learn the secret, if you say to yourself, if you agree, yes, I want to know the secret. If there is a secret to all this, to everything, I want to know it. I'm telling you there is. There is a secret. There is a truth that changes everything. There is. But I'll tell you what it is. And it's not what your thoughts want to hear. It's not what anybody is prepared to hear until they get close enough. The secret is learning, understanding the nature of why you want to know the secret.
that is, turning back again. Yes, I want to do so-and-so. I want to do something extraordinary. I am so dissatisfied. Yeah. And I want to, if I'm, if I could achieve permanent enlightenment, something resembling, I know that I would no longer be satisfied. Or if I knew the secret, if I knew there is a secret, if I knew it, that'd be it. And now I tell you what the secret is. I'm telling you how to find out the secret is to turn your attention on investigating, looking at, thinking about the nature of why do I want, I'll do it again. What is this? And that's the way I used to do it. And I still like it best. You get it, what I mean. But if you don't, it's described in more detail is to turn your attention on the question of why do I want to awaken? And that's not just it. To me, it's what is this? You know, what's going on? Here I'm doing it. I'm not crazy. I'm not, that's my aim in the question. Not delusional, because you get that far, you understand that compared to you, the rest of the world is delusional. You don't have any delusions left. You don't have any illusions. Well, you got one. And you think waking up, pursuing, struggling to awaken will cure it. No, that is the problem. That's the last illusion. As you can turn your attention, and you know I don't mean that as a pessimistic put-down. I wouldn't still be here talking about it. I still wouldn't be enjoying it. But you've got to turn your attention to yourself like, what is this? What am I doing? And there's no answer. The answer is, aha! Did you get the secret? And then you know what I mean. But it's not, it's not a secret like God lives in Indianapolis under an assumed name. But the world, the universe is actually shrinking. But that this universe is actually inside of a raindrop that just fell inside of a much larger, if I may say so, universe. It's nothing. The secret is, aha. That is what everyone's after. I, I call it a secret. That's what is behind the desire to awaken, whoever made up the term, to achieve enlightenment, whoever made it up. As people like us are dissatisfied along with everyone else. I don't know how we get like this. Jesus waves just described as some kind of because of our genetics. Somebody originally was just like me, just like us, if I speak for you. And they were dissatisfied, and as soon as they discovered what to do, and they came up with a term for it, then other people, endlessly, we still have people right now, right this day, somebody somewhere is reading some Sufi or Zen or Fourth Way or yoga book, and they're running across the idea of enlightenment, of Buddha mind, enlightened mind, being awake, whereas the rest of the world's asleep, being awake, whereas you're normally in a sleeping state. Someone right this minute, well, I shouldn't exaggerate. Someone today, probably. Now that I started this, I try to be as accurately as possible. I don't know why. I was going to say, like, somebody right this minute, and I suddenly realize I'm falling into the cliche trap that you hear all the time of commentators and news people saying, do you realize that right this very second, 
somebody is driving their car drunk. That kind of, you realize it right this minute, some married man is looking at another woman's ass. You realize it right this minute, somebody is, and so I was about to fall into it, that right this minute, even as we're talking, somebody is reading a book somewhere on enlightenment going, yes, I've got to do it. And I realized, you know, I'm overdoing it. That's why I was being so uselessly exact. This means nothing. I'd say maybe today, within any 24-hour period, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does not actually get on this path. Get their feet, get their thoughts, I should say. Stuck on this, they, they read it and go, oh! But then you've got six billion other people dissatisfied, and they don't get involved with it. They don't go crazy, we don't go crazy. They're just dissatisfied. How did this come about? And I repeat, all of you should know by now, you here and in the other cities are familiar with this. This is not some sort of philosophical, theoretical, historical question. It's, again, what is going on? I'm just putting in another verbal context. How did this come about? Why? Remember, why is not really the question. I'm just giving you new versions of it, different versions. But you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Now, without any doubt, don't ever discount this. It entertains you. It's entertaining for those of you that find my talking entertaining. It's entertaining. Deny that. Uh, uh, hell, I find it entertaining. But beyond that, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Some of you may fool yourself and think, right now you may be thinking, well, I do that quite frequently. I'll bet you don't. I wouldn't take any, I probably wouldn't take any even money bets that many of, or that any of you have, well, that many of you have ever done it to any extent, to any lengthy extent. That is, try it more than a few times and then extend it from just momentary to a running investigation, a running consideration of what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What is this? Why am I here? Why am I involved with this? What is it I want? While ignoring all the questions, all the answers, the responses that your thoughts would want to bring up. I got no one for you, by the way, since I'm here, at least in my mind. I don't know whether throughout this verbal landscape that I am strewing. I don't know whether you feel that you're in the same place or anywhere. But now I'm out on this great verbal, this great mental topography, and there's no one. I say to you this, I can see this as being true. Just word. And I've mentioned that everyone knows what's going on. You've got to be able to see that and know what it means. If you see it, then you know what it means. Or, in another sense, everybody is awake. Everybody knows the secret of life. Everybody knows the truth about life. But they constantly, tonight I put it to you, I said that, and the only time that they don't know is momentarily, is whenever they're thinking or talking about it. I had another picture. Instead of my prototypical Adam of a first man who was not satisfied that the things ordinarily available around him, the things that seemed to keep other people reasonably satisfied, that they would pursue their hobbies, 
course, they had no hobbies. They were satisfied to eat, fuck, and take a nap. Rather than looking at it that there was a archetype or a prototype of a person who pursued this and discovered it, made it up, cultivated it, however you want to synthesize it, whatever you want to put it, let's take the opposite of folk. And I say that everyone started out, not just this one prototype out Adam, but everyone started out like that. And that they still do, that you're born that way. And then what people do, of course, life making them do it. But then what everyone does is not, not trying to create a more awakened, a more stable internal state. What they try to do and do accomplish is as fast as they can, they start adding stuff to themselves to keep themselves from being, let's just call it awake. Well, let's not. Let's call it knowing what's going on. And that everything, and you know this is not criticism, you'll miss the point, but that everything that people do, the whole process of maduration, the whole point of becoming civilized, sophisticated, educated, maturing, is a continual and ongoing process. Does anybody get it? That you're getting stuff. You're taking stuff, opinions, poses, beliefs, ways of speaking, ways of standing, affected attitude. That people are, as fast as they can, adding them to themselves. It's like, pick out some age. Five, six, seven years old kids, they start grabbing. You can't see it. But it's like they're grabbing from this warehouse, this store they're in that's just full of all this stuff, all the human stuff, all the stuff that makes up what people usually refer to as an individual's personality, all the little things that make him who he is, that creates his individual self. That he's as a kid just grabbing everything he can, imitating people around him, imitating movies, other kids, comic book. Not that that's the problem. But it's like he's grabbing all this stuff and he's sticking it just all over himself. Imagine, just as fast as he can. So the sooner the better. I don't know whether any of you going to get it. But somewhere age 15, 18, 20, that you see him then, and then you can go back right then some way you can do it magically. And you can see him when he was five, three. And you look at him and you can't recognize him. I say to you, if you can see it, that is how the other six billion people deal with being dissatisfied. While you can picture it, and I normally portray it as such that a few people, in fact, had to start one person, my Adam, he struggles to strip all this away and to find out the secret, which I'm saying is in, in him. It's in your thoughts. Rather than looking at it that way, say that everybody else started out already stripped. That everyone knows the secret. I'm telling you they do because life knows the secret. Life knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. But then you have to put a disclaimer to that. Or I do. I can say, well, everyone on this planet knows what's going on. And if I leave it at that and you aren't used to it, if it's ordinary people or people who believe that they were interested in matters mystical, and if I just left it there, they immediately go, oh, no. People laying in gutters. Now, my 
father-in-law, my uncle Charlie, my brother, my boss. And they think about all these people that must be to them, they think, just poster boys for being asleep, being deluded, living in a world of dreams. I say that everybody knows what's going on. And I don't know if you can see this, but I have found it useful in the past. That what everyone else does, what growing up is in the ordinary sense for the other six billion people, is them. Now, you understand being theatrical. Is them willfully, consciously, intentionally covering up their awareness of what's going on. It is more than metaphor. It's more than allegory. Even though I say that I'm being theatrical about it, because I know it sounds theatrical. But there's more to it than that. Well, how about this? Again, I assume that all of you understand this much about life. Uh, of how much goes on in the world of thought, man's secondary world. How much of it to which man pays great homage, religion, social position. Well, religion, I guess, is the worst one. And there is absolutely no basis for it. It is an out-and-out invention of God, religion, life after death. It is a simple, out-and-out, obvious invention of thought. It exists only in the primary world. It does not exist anywhere else. It does not exist in the world of movement. It does not exist in the physical world. And you can look at it in a certain way, as you know it. You can look at it and think to yourself, how can six billion people, or some great percentage that, that they always claim if they're polled, people always go, yes, I'm religious. Of course, if they're polled on the day they're splitting up blood, everybody's religious. But they go, yes, I'm religious, and yes, I do believe that there is uh, some sort of figure somewhere known as God, and I'll, we'll be judged after we die, and the whole rigmarole, whatever the religion is. And you can look at it from a certain view. If you could be just something approaching objective, you know, I've been through all this, you can look at it and think, am I on a different planet than these people? Are these six million people, it, it, it tends to take you back to the notion that the whole world's asleep. And I might be the only person awake. That means I'm sub- Anyway, do these six million people actually believe that? They all stand and say, I'm prepared to die. No one will tell me that God will not resurrect me and give me another life after I'm dead on this earth. You can't convince me otherwise. You may shoot me. You may threaten me, but I believe that. And you look at it and you think, am I dreaming this? Am I surrounded by six billion morons? Dreamers are the people out of their mind. You could look at it if you can take my other approach I was describing. That you could look at was one of their great strokes of genius of trying to cover up the fact that they knew what life's about. I mean, it's one thing to decide that uh, I'm smarter than I am. There's one thing to decide uh, all the kinds of dreams that are of, of a person's personality of a person's individual self, it's easy from one person to another that you look at someone else, listen to them talk, and you think, God, his opinion of himself, his picture of himself, bears no relationship to what he is. You can do that to anybody. Everybody does it to each other. One of the main forms of secondary pastime, gossip. 
But rather look at religion as being, from one view, you could say, well, there is the epitome of man's stupidity, of man's delusion. Not stupidity. You could say, but man's delusion. Not right, stupidity. Delusion. Except, if you can take my other view, that everyone starts out knowing what life's about. And what they want to do is blind themselves to it, to cover it up, to hide it away, to make themselves believe that they don't, or to distract themselves so much that they never think about it. What would be, I'm saying, what would be the greatest stroke of genius to do that? I'm saying it was the invention of religion or of God. Well, if you didn't get it, don't feel bad because before I got to the end there, I thought, well, this is going nowhere. If everybody, try one more time and I'll stop. If I'm telling, if I was correct, if this was the correct model, that everyone is born by the time they become reasonably conscious. I say, early teens. Classical age being 12. But anyway. And that everyone knows by then the secret. They do. They know what life's about. And what if the six billion people, we're the only few exceptions, the rest of the people, there's no discussion of it, but it's not satisfying. They're dissatisfied to realize that. That they see what life is. And so they began, I try to see this way, they began pretending it's otherwise. They began actually having dreams. But they willfully produced them. In other words, it's like, well, I'll imagine, let's see, I'll imagine, it starts off, let's say, simple. I'll imagine, I'll pretend that I've got more talent than I do. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll pretend uh, that I'm better looking than I am. I always keep my left side since my right ear is kind of off, you know, crooked, I always keep left side of my profile. And, uh, you know, this is these that people have been pointing this out for years and years, for thousands of years, that, you know, everybody's just a big old mask of pretension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't do it as criticism. For you, because then you're caught up in it. I'm saying, what if you looked at it that way, and that people do not, that knowing what's going on in life is dissatisfying. I can be cruder. It's boring. Follow me for another minute or so. What if by the age of 13, 14, and nobody can remember it because they're not conscious. It is. It does not become a part of their awareness. But they realize what life is. They've been talking to other kids. and blah, blah. Anyway, it just hits them with this is life. And it's kind of like, this is it. Yeah. And so they start pretending. Little girls start pretending, you know, playing with dolls. And when I grow up, I'll be, I'll marry a prince. And I'll live in a big palace. Everyone will adore me and they'll put my picture on postage stamp. And boys get out and they start playing ball. Imagine when I grow up, I'll be a quarterback with the Jets or maybe a good team. Anyway, I'll be a real team. <laughs> the Falcon. Anyway, I'll grow up and I'll be this. Or, you know, play an air guitar. And I'll, when I grow up, I'll be a famous rock musician. Oh, that's easy. But rather than look at the, as I say, to me, the most splendid example of man's delusion 
to a manifestation that he presents is the idea of God or an afterlife, the whole religious smear. From another view, that was the as far as he could take it. It's like he imagines I'm better looking than I am. I imagine I'm taller than I am, which is hard to pull off. I imagine I'm thinner than I am. I imagine I'm smarter than I am. I dream that someday I'll hit the lottery. I dream that someday I'll finally sit down and write a novel. And by the time I finish it, there'll be editors at the door saying, we smell a hit here. Have you just written a novel? And you imagine all that, and me saying it can make you laugh and you go, oh, how silly. But you do versions of it. Everybody does. It's easy to, and it's been pointed out, as I said, by not just the mysticism, but people have been pointing out the pretensions of their fellow man for six, 7,000 written years. I say that they keep they keep offering the stakes and the pretension is to to distract them over the fact of knowing what life was. What would be the ultimate distraction? I say rather than from one view laughing and saying, whoever, if some one person made up the idea of religion and God, they should be ashamed of themselves for tricking people. Nay, nay. If you can follow the view that I'm presenting this model, they should be applauded. Well, at least for the fact that, you know, you did a better job than the rest of them. I've been surrounded. Half the people on this planet imagine and pretend that they're smarter than they are. I mean, that's pretty old hat. But you, you came with this idea of let's pretend that there's this you know, person like us, except he's he's stronger, he's meaner, he's he, he's it. He's Big Daddy, and he's somewhere, and he's watching us. And uh if he likes you, after you die... You know, like people die and they, yeah, yeah. You don't actually die. You come back somewhere. He says, oh, come on, you can come back to life. Because he gave you life. And people went, wow, that is really distracting. I say that was the coup de maitre. That was the master stroke. And we grew up in it. People like us. And you and the environment are the same thing. So we grew up in it. If you're my kind of mystic or my, my typical mystic, you were struggling with it at an early age and resisting it, trying to you know, ask people, what the hell are you doing? Why do you say that? Why do you believe that? You know, nobody paid any attention. But if you can see, you find any interest to even follow that my life presenting, that everybody wants to go to sleep. As mystics call it. Everyone wants to. They insist on it. And they willfully do it. And such things as religion was a masterstroke. What better way to go to sleep than to have dreams any time that you're just bored and there's nothing to do in life. You think, uh-oh. I just remember somewhere in you know chapter 17 of our Vedi Mecham, it says God hates a bored person. God, I was just bored. You see what happened? You became unbored. If you take it seriously, you go, ooh. What if all the good stuff I've done, giving away my old clothes to the poor and, you know, stuff. What if I get the up before judgment day and God says, blah, 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 and you look down, oh, you know, so you gave money and blah, blah, blah. Uh-oh. You sure were bored a lot. Didn't you ever read chapter 17? You go, damn, I knew he'd catch me. But see, as soon as you think that, you're unbored. I say religion is the greatest distraction possible. The idea that not only is this life dissatisfying and irritating enough sometimes, we're going to have a chance to live another one. And it can either be worse or it can be better. I'm not sure anybody believes it'll be better. I've always said that's another story, but people who claim that they're seriously involved in religion, 
You know, it's always you have paradise and Hades. I'm not sure they believe that much in paradise. Think about it. I think they just throw it in to make it sound balanced, maybe to get other people interested. I say the kind of people that take religion seriously. There's some kind of masochistic streak in, to put it crudely. I think the only thing they're interested to know about is there's a place that's even more annoying than here. <laughs> it gives them something to look forward to. If you're following it, it gives them a reason to press on. Like, just think that I'm annoyed and bored and dissatisfied and just kind of out of sorts here, but bam. And they turn to wherever it is in their holy book, and it describes a place that you're even more annoyed, tormented, bored. Plus, they all point out it's for eternity. You know, here there's always a chance you'll get unbored, and something may happen. Or you can go to a movie. But after, if I don't do right, I go to hell or wherever. And it's forever. I am annoyed, upset, distressed, pissed off, bored forever. I hope nobody, you didn't lose your place in thinking I'm actually talking about religion, did you? <laughs> but if you look around, I'm telling you, I find it a very useful model. Very useful way. I'm surrounded by six billion people. And I thought that in some way we're all born already a asleep or we just seem to be that way. I've, I was dissatisfied as long as I remember, yeah. And every mystical system has some version of the story, like the downfall of man. And that man somewhere made a misstep, something happened, and now he's paying for it in this distressful, low-level state of consciousness, which a few of us realize that are struggling to regain our former status or to break out of it. But rather than look at it that way, I'm telling you, and when I say that it's more than an allegory, it could be true. I'm serious. You can trust me, it could be true. Uh, for you on tape, i got to tell you, when I say it could be true, I'm giving a big wink, like I'm insinuating that I have something in my eye. Oh. That everybody is born knowing what goes on. And they still know what goes on up until some age. I'd say somewhere between 2 and 12. It doesn't matter. That people realize what life is. Or in the mystical sense, I know some of you won't agree with this or think you agree with it, but they know the secret. Everybody, you once knew the secret. The secret, the secret that's the point of all this. Everyone is born knowing it. And everyone knows it, I say, up until some age. Some fairly early age. But they don't find it agreeable. They find it dis distressing or annoying. It's boring. And then they start doing the things that mystics later call being asleep. And they start adding it to themselves. They start pulling all this stuff off the shelves, away from the, apparently from other people, and sticking it all over them. They want life to be more complicated. They want to become complex. They want to live in dreams wondering, are there people visiting us from other planets? Does God exist? Did he talk to Moses or somebody? All this stuff is just absolute moot bullshit. Just imaginary worlds. But how better to make life interesting? So I could say to you, if you follow any of this, that the aim, and of course no one knows this to start with, because if it could make you be known, I don't think about it ever continue it. But the aim of all of this, from the model I'm presenting now, 
that what enlightenment, what real enlightenment, what the real discovery of the secret does is return life by God to its rightful state of boredom. Hey, don't blame me. I'm exaggerating, of course. But I, that's what I didn't get into tonight. I was going to point out the difference between the, just knowing the truth and it will set you free. I'm, I'm going to pick that up next week. Because I, it's about the same thing I'm talking about now, in case any of you care to remember it. But just because you've been set free doesn't mean it's the end of the dissatisfaction. There's a different kind. So stay tuned. And just hope that I don't die and leave you in a sorry mess. Well, he was going to tell us a real secret. And he up and died over the weekend. You already know it. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.